Okay, it's another episode of the Strong Calm Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to uh, to be here with you, the listener, and my guest today, Adriana Reed. And so, as always, if it's your first time, this is Strong Calm Podcast. Calm, C-O-M, the root word that means together or in common. And I use that word as a springboard to discuss communication online or off or the communication that we have with ourselves and others community building um, how we interact with other people and and really connect and how when we put those two things together it creates stronger company whether that's the company that you're building like the business or the company that we keep and so today i have adriana reed this is a serendipitous connection that i found on twitter i think possibly perhaps from my last guest just kind of a tangential tweet retweet you know of the internet uh the good vibrational energy that sometimes can be created through these viral moments uh she is the founder owner of b2b coaching and she's out of san diego i'm gonna let her introduce uh herself here and the, 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 the reason I was excited to have her on, I, I did a deep dive. She was kind enough to sign up for my newsletter, the local leadership newsletter. And I just started to check her out because anybody I'm interested in or is interested in me, I'm interested in them. And so uh, B2B, I've been focused on uh, the study of being, what it means to be a human being. I remember uh, a, a preacher one time saying, you know, we are human beings, not human doings. And Adriana focuses her work really on that delineation. And so that distinction. And so Adriana, welcome to the show. Aaron, thank you so much for your kind and generous introduction. Um, yes, serendipity. I was uh, at your question and where you find out about me. And when I signed up for your newsletter, my question was scrolling, right? So um, and going back to what you were saying, and this is the law of vibration, like we attract like people and we don't know it, but we're doing that all the time. So I'm happy to be here. I um, absolutely agree with your project and I will support it forever because community is everything. Company is everything. The COM togetherness, it's everything. And um, we are programmed by design. So uh, to introduce myself a little bit, my name is Adriana Reed. I am originally from Mexico City. I moved to the United States tomorrow, 14 years ago. So um, yeah, I started working um, with veterans of war, helping them recover from PTSD symptoms. And then my uh, life got a shift. I moved to being a diplomat for my country for 10 years. And after my tenure, after seeing all the pain and the suffering and the ego-based personalities on both sides of the spectrum, um, I decided to found B2B Coaching. And as, it's, as you were saying, it's focused more on the, are you living your life as a human being or as a human doer? And these are questions that we almost never ask ourselves because we are programmed by design and we are fulfilling other people's expectations. So thank you for inviting me. Yes. And uh, it, it, it's, it's such an important distinction. And I think a lot of times, like you said, we don't think about these things possibly because it's just so difficult. I mean, it is very difficult to differentiate yourself, you know, in the moment and moment to moment and understand what it means to be. And so um, hopefully through this conversation, we can help and uncover some of these tools that will allow us to do so. Um, so to, to start, I wanted to, um, I, I wanted to talk about something I read on your website. And uh, this has this clicked for me because in my reading and study, um, this paradigm you talk about, uh, it says, why B2B on your website? We are human beings who by default live in a doing in order to have paradigm. And so just to kick this off, I wanted to ask you what that means. Uh, maybe you can just kind of give us a little bit of a, 
a, a intro to what that means to have a do in order to have paradigm? Okay, so your audience is going to be very um, attuned with this example. I'm going to start with an example because stories like give attention, right? So in one of my seminars, I asked uh, the audience, the first question I ask is who here was picked or selected on your sport of choice as a varsity or junior varsity team? So the minute I asked that, People just like, you know, jumped from the seats and, you know, like with their chest up or me. Right. And it's like, OK, do you understand that it's like 24 of that team within like a 200 people class? So what about the other people that were not picked as human beings? We value the same. But the fact that the goal was to reach and to be picked and to be selected and to be, it's like we lose track of who we are by, for the goal of just getting somewhere, being somewhere. And we are trained to do that since we were very little. If we do the things right, we get a 10, we get a star in kindergarten because we um, fulfill the expectations So it's not bad, but we're trained there and we forget about who we are. And another example, it's if you go to kindergarten when you're three and you're given a red crayon and a white piece of paper and they teach you to draw like a smiley face and you do that, right? The teacher stamps something or writes something, but she smiles and she's like super happy and then you are a three-year-old, right? So you get home and what happens? Your older siblings has his, you know, box of crayons there. You pick the red, the red one, which you just learned. And then um, you don't have a white paper, but there's a white wall, right? And you draw on that, the same happy face, but guess what? The reaction of the people in authority to you, they don't, you know, draw a smile on their face and, and and put a stamp on. I mean, that's probably when our intuition gets shot down. Right, right. Yeah. Drawing, drawing on the wall of the house is definitely, yeah. And then for, for the kid's perspective, it's like, oh, what, what did I do? I thought this was going to get me the recognition that I just got in preschool. Yeah. Okay. And, and guess what? It's not just what did I do? It's who I was that was not okay. So this is when our being starts getting shut down. And I'm using a very simple example because everyone can relate. And even if it didn't happen to you, that's what would happen if I had done this, right? But we did a lot of things while growing up that came from our instincts and from our intuition that was not okay. So, and I always tell my clients this when we are doing parts work and working with this parts of ourselves that got disconnected from this intuitive way of being is that people in authority or parents or caregivers or teachers, they did what they could with what they have at that moment. So they didn't go through all this uh, coaching, parenting, be the best leader that you, they did what they could with the resources that they had. So a lot of compassion, a lot of forgiveness, and a lot of eye-opening awareness. It's like, I'm not a kid anymore. I can be myself. But first, before being, I need to know myself. Mm. So to to step away from this paradigm on doing versus having to focus on the being, I need to know and I need to want to know myself first. Mm, yeah, and not not uh, tie up my personal value with whatever result I might be creating or not creating uh, based on the context of wherever I'm doing something in. Right. So it's uh, it and and I, I like how you're you're already going back to how these things um, that happened to us in our past create us and 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 start to pilot our lives unconsciously and these are i mean and it could happen 
it, it's a um, it's it's something that cannot really be seen because it happens so gradually over time that we don't even realize that we are stopping ourselves short of living a life that we we hope to live because we are constrained by how life has reacted to how we've lived over time we're going deep we're going deep fast folks so <laughs> but but uh it's um but it, th these are things that that really guide our lives um so one thing you did say was you know by design and and one thing i like to say and i've i've um explored is this this act of living by default versus design and so i like to kind of shift it that way of like we allow these occurrences it's the crayon it's the recognition at an early stage of oh if i operate this way then i do get that recognition um and then it creates the default mode whether good or bad or however it influences ourselves um but it also traps us into this type of person and starts to become the only way that we identify ourselves versus what can I do to design the life that I want and be the person that I want to be? So how do you, um, as far as the direction of this uh, conversation, how do we start parsing? Am I doing this because I really want to? Or am I doing this because this is a, a an actual expression of me and my life versus my past is actually controlling and dictating uh, who I am today. How do you start parsing those two things? So um, one recommendation that I would give anyone that asked me like a prompt question of a deep default, right, is grab a, you know, notebook. It doesn't have to be new. It can be old. You just, you know, scratch what is there and start on a new page and watch your thoughts, write them. Write your thoughts about any given circumstance, like whether it is an intention or a problem, just start questioning, right? Is this really mine? Is this really me? Um, what do I think about this, right? We always have the best advice to our best friend, right? So to start an inner healthy dialogue with ourselves, we have to use a dialogue, right? So to speak, it's a two dialogues, two people, two thoughts, and equal uh, relevance talking. So if this is my inner child or my inner adolescent that came to the conclusion that this is scary and I shouldn't do this, um, why, right? If I come from this perspective of the me who I want stuff, so the, the, the way to make the distinction between this, what I'm suggesting is um, another example. I have an intention let's say an example, I want to write a book, right? So the energy of my intention, it's like super high and I'm super excited. I just heard a podcast about how to do this. I went to a seminar. I, I came all this vibration levels up and I am there. And all of a sudden I start with my self-sabotage. It's like my inner you know, wording saying, who would want to read a book written about you? Are you good enough? Did you, do you know enough? All those thoughts come from experiences from our past. If we lay those down and ask ourselves, okay, how old I was when this happened? Because my intention is clearly I want to write a book. So if I start digging into that voice, I can make a distinction between my inner voice and my mind chatter. And that's something that you may have read there. It's like, where do I start? If I am programmed by design and I have all this, you know, software piled up in my subconscious, uh, it's exactly what do I do when I want to clean my computer files that I don't need? The same yeah. thing, right? We are going to come up with an intention and what's blocking my intention, we can dig in. And that's how we start, right? So a lot to do there, but we can start that way. 
Well, it it you say it's a lot to do, and it it is work, right? It is work. Not to uh, take away the the work of it, but it it that is such a simple way to get started in this this um, this work of just starting to write it down. And I think we do this unconsciously, unconsciously of like, oh, I'm going to start doing some being work and I'm going to really figure this out. But but like journaling is just such a constructive way to uh, privately explore who we are in our innermost selves so that we can start to create like uh, to start to create the life that we want. I mean, in the absence of another person, this is why a coach is so helpful. So you can start having this dialogue um, absent of that. And it may be in addition to that piece of paper is so powerful to start saying, oh, wow, I'd, you know, so many times as a writer, you know, you, you write something, you don't even have to be a writer, but you start writing and you're like, oh, I didn't even understand that this feeling would come about as I started to write. And it's, it's also, it's almost a, it is an act of self-discovery. Once you commit to, I'm going to discover something new and the way that I'm going to do it is through writing it down. It, uh, it, it is always helpful um, to take that mental inventory of I'm having a lot of thoughts, uh, you know, I'm anxious, I'm afraid, uh, you know, I'm confused, I don't know what to do, all those things. Once you just start, it's kind of like, like you said, with the, the computer software, the recycle bin is, is a pretty much an inventory management tool of all these files. And so that paper can work as a recycle bin of like, all right, I'm going to write out everything and everything's going to just go in there. And then I'm going to just examine what's in there after the fact and then select what I need to delete forever and, you know, start architecting what I really want to keep. Um, I had mentioned Adriana, the work of uh, Werner Erhard to you because he does a lot of this work with being or uh, was in in the past and I like the way that he does it is is uh, and I've heard this in different ways of you know we are not our thoughts I think that if I could shout one thing from the rooftops you know that would be something of like you know so many times we're like we, we start to we autopilot by default identify ourselves with every thought that comes in and then we start creating the stories of uh, because i have these thoughts i am this whereas we just have thoughts and it is up to us to really organize them in the appropriate way that is healthy and serves us um and werner he he don't he distinguishes that you are not it it is it like the it is having thoughts you are separate from that you know and and it's good that you brought this up because i want to offer your audience a good way to start because it's everything that we have said it's easier said than done right right so wherever you are even if you're driving, you can do this because we're not going to close our eyes. So wherever you are, even if you're listening to the podcast, drinking coffee or wine or whatever you are, um, I'll just invite you to, and I'll explain why, but I will just invite you to activate your five senses at the same time. So just notice what you are observing with your eyes, a sense of sight, and you can hear my voice and any sound in the background. And you can uh, feel your body sitting in the chair or holding your dog or whatever you guys are doing, right? Even the wheel or, and um, taste whatever you zip last or brush your teeth or breakfast or dinner, or wherever you are. And smell, maybe doesn't smell anything, but you're activating your sense of smell. And try to do that at the same time, you know, the five senses, it's tricky, but you can observe and sense and listen. And, and this is the art of being present, right? And at the same time you're doing that, you can notice that you are a physical level. You can, you can notice that you are a body. You can notice that you're thinking, right? And you can also notice that you feel something and you have a connection to the divine, so these are the four levels of your existence. And doing that, try to worry about something. When you worry about something is that you lost track of any of the senses that I told you. 
And why is this important? Because nowadays, like it's trendy wellness and well-being, right? Um, and there's a lot of people that really think that wellness and well-being is about eating healthy and about doing exercise. So if you Google diets, you become crazy, right? You can Google Atkins, low carbs, you know, um, vegan, vegetarian. We don't know. I mean, what's good for you? But if we don't know ourselves, we don't know what's good for us. And that's only the diet on the physical part of my being. But what am I doing on my thinking? And you were saying journaling is good. And what am I doing on my emotions? People are scared about emotions. One thing that I do when I pitch this work to companies, um, I was afraid to tell them that this is about emotions. When I came to the point where it's like there was an all dogma that said, leave your emotions at the door. But guess what? The emotions are already there. The fact that we, you don't pay attention to that. So redefining emotions, because as I mentioned, we are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual beings. Our emotions is just our messaging system. And in our programming, what you were mentioning about the thoughts and the work of these guys that you brought it up to me, I did I never I, I didn't know them, but I'm gonna order the book as soon as we're done. <laughs> um an emotion is a container between a thought and a feeling. This is why my fears and your fears are different. Because your fears relate to your stories and your experiences and my fears relate to mine. But if I treat my emotional side of my being as a messaging system, I work with them as an observer from my present moment. Once again, activate your five senses, notice that you are a mental, physical, emotional, spiritual being, and then journal. Because you can journal, you know, with, with your emotions to the top, but you're just venting, right? What I am, and, and you're just venting with one of the voices. But what I am suggesting here is to have an inner healthy dialogue that starts with our presence and then, okay, allow my inner kid in the negative venting about not having things my way or about being the martyr on the situation with my spouse or my kids or my you know, co-workers, because if I do it this way, I will start to get to know myself and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be, to have shadow parts of ourselves. Why? Because when we were growing up, there were things that we couldn't deal with. So we put them in the shadow and we don't revise them until it's time, but don't be afraid of digging in because you will fall in love with yourself and with compassion uh, you can find uh, this journey around, you know, self discovery. You can get to your emotional self-sufficiency, which is what we teach in B2B. Amazing. Love it. Love it. So powerful. So powerful. Um, you mentioned compassion and I just want to acknowledge and thank you for doing the pre-work on this show. Uh, something that nobody's ever done. Um, you, you mentioned that you're like, you're curious about the calm and, and I had kind of given you the, the three C's, the, the, the tenants, the, 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 the structure of the podcast. And you were kind enough to say, I'm going to bring a, my own calm word that associates with uh, B2B coaching and you said compassion's the one. So, uh, Talk more about that and, and why you chose compassion as this calm word. Well, um, a little bit of background with words, right? If we operate with the meaning that we gave to words when we were growing up, we're screwed, right? <laughs> why? Because, for example, again, one example, the word responsibility. If you mention responsibility and I'm seven, Responsibility for me would be do my homework, wash my dish, help my mom in the kitchen, make my bed, be ready to school, um, you name it, right? We all can relate to what is to be responsible when we were little. But today, if I, if I really 
redefine the meaning of the word responsibility is to be able to respond to life, right? To own my impact to what I'm doing. And then compassion, once again, if I can talk about compassion when I was growing up in a Catholic environment and everything needs to be by the book, to be compassionate is to be for others, right? To um, to be good to others, to love others. To, yeah, but what about me, right? Back in the day for me, it was to be egotistic, to think about myself. So this is why I never thought about myself, but others, right? And redefining compassion uh, towards the self is to understand all the times that I left myself to the side, that I didn't pay attention to my own needs and why I came about. Nothing is a mistake, but everything is perfectible. So if I think about being compassionate to myself, I can relate to that in this inner dialogues on where I haven't Uh, where I have said yes when I should have said no, or where I have stepped on my own boundaries and values and principles just because I had to please others or I had to put up with others, um, you know, scriptures or anything that comes up. Because if we are uh, protecting our inner wounding, and I would like to talk about that because of this compassion, we all share five inner wounds. And that'll be of abandonment, rejection, humiliation, lack of justice, you know, and um, I'm missing one, but I will, it, it'll come up. <laughs> and yeah. if we, if we, and the first one that we share is being born. So we are not conscious that we are already, you know, having, um, since we were conceived, we have every single information genetically and DNA on my, on our dad's side, on a sperm and on an egg. Right. And that fusions and that's us. So from that moment, there's a recording that's our subconscious that you press start and it records everything until we die. So the day we're born, our parents are celebrating, you know, the born of a child And um, we're sent to a cradle. They cut the umbilical cord. We're sent to a cradle on our own. Of course, we're not conscious about how we feel, but our feeling level is making decisions. So we are coming from an environment where no needs, you know, uh, temperature is met instantaneously. Nutrition is met instantaneously and space. We don't know that we're cramped in our mom's tummy, but you know, that's perfect for us because we can't compare it to anything else. So the day comes when they cut the umbilical cord, they send you to the cradle and just imagine what you felt. And it's not consciously, Oh, my mom's coming. This is my birthday and I'm going to celebrate it for the rest of my life. No. I mean, you are in this place of feeling this void of where's that part of me that's missing. And if we don't realize at an early age that we are already whole and complete, guess what? We're always going to look outside ourselves for anything that we feel like it's going to complete us. The next Mm. car, the next partner, the next, there's never a fulfillment, right? So once again, if we come with compassion and we know that, Probably I didn't know this when I was growing up and check where I had um, made decisions because I thought I was alone and maybe put up with some, um, I don't know, it's like abuse or um, I did something I shouldn't have done. And today I regret it. And there's an example of one of my clients, we were going through a process that she she had to had an abortion when she was 18. And at 36, she couldn't forgive herself. And until she could see that that her, that part of her at 18, she made the decision that she needed to make at that time. She's judging herself at 36 of what she should have done, would have done according to others. 
But at that time, and I know this is deep, but this is kind of the example that I want to bring up because that has that is already in the past for her. And if she doesn't look at her with compassion, she's going to live a life hunted by a decision that she made in the past. That guess what? At 18, that was the best decision decision that she could have made. And this mm -hmm. is true for everyone that made something that affected us. They did what they could with what they had. And if we understand this with compassion, our life will change. If we really understand that our parents did what they, of course, there's various type of, type of parents, right? There's abusive parents, there's loving parents, there's overprotective parents. We had our own. And as you were mentioning, we are defined by them sometimes, but we're adults now and we can, you know, come to the point that instead of being grown-ups, always victims of the circumstances as if we were kids or always martyrs of something as if we were, you know, long adolescents. If we mm -hmm. come to the understanding with compassion as healthy adults, we will understand a lot of our upbringing and use it to propel us to the future instead of dwelling on what happened to us. So that's a long way why compassion, but... <laughs> No, no, that was wonderful, though. I, and I think that's a great and, and pretty prescient example of, of uh, that, that is so relevant, not all, not only all the time, but, but certainly uh, at this time. Um, and one thing it just makes me think of is, is the concept of like, not necessarily the concept, but doing this work and becoming aware of the feelings that you might have and how they might influence you from how they becoming aware of the feelings that you had, the reasons that you made that decision and how they might be influencing you now so that you can actually cause and create the future that you're looking to create instead of being captured by it and trapped by it. And um, we can apply that to so many different examples of, you know, the small things in life, but also the large, big, you know, powerfully, you know, hurt and like the wounds that we carry throughout our life as well. Um, one thing that, you know, in the in the concept of being, it's like it's like you have to become aware of what these things are first and then you have to really accept that those things happened so that you know you can actually hold space for yourself that you can be with that person for for a certain period of time and say yes this is a thing that happened but that does not mean that i have to live by the story that i've been telling myself that that has been operating my life you know like like really separating it out from hey this is this is what happened and the story that is holding me to that and keeping me living in that cycle for decades or, or what have you for, for time. Um, it's powerful stuff. Wonderful. So in the interest of time, I, you know, we jumped into that first sea of communication. Thank you so much for uh, really just uh, jumping into this conversation. I, I think that uh, we've definitely touched on some really powerful tools that will help um, help other people. Uh, one, one aspect of this is uh, community. So communication, just flowing into community. And I want to connect some things uh, in, in the context of others and, and, and community building. And so, uh, but first, I want to ask the village question, which is a question that I ask every guest. And uh, it's always great when someone doesn't know what it is. And so uh, don't feel like you aren't prepared because this is a, a natural surprise of the show. And so, Adriana, the village question goes like this. If you were given a plot of land or, uh, yeah, a, a plot of random land, they said, Adriana, we want you to create a community. And so we're going to give you this land. It's a village. We want you to create this village. Uh, and it's got two highways, one going north-south, one going east-west. Um, and to get people to the village, we want, we're, we're going to have four billboards. We're going to have four signs. And so 
Adriana, they're coming to you to see what four signs or what four virtues, values, would you put on those four signs to attract your community and cultivate um, the village that you would you would see fit? So what four words, values, uh, statements even, would you put on those four signs to create your community? Well, the first one and the very powerful one, it's... Um, I would put like in big words, it's okay to be you. The second one is if you don't understand what it means, keep going to the third one. We can show you. And it's all about love, connection, and letting go. So that's the fourth one. So curiosity, because everything is about love, connection, and letting go, right? Um, you were mentioning before the acceptance of life as it is, right? But we find resistance to accept. We are we live in this duality, you know, up and down, night and day. When I was explaining this to veterans, because um, they saw me as like, what do you want? I mean, how can you help me? It's like, well, try to stand up and sit down at the same time, right? And they couldn't. And you, you saw them trying, right? And blink and open your eyes. And so um, if they if they are going to find resistance, they're not going to come in, right, to this village. So the four billboards, once again, it's, uh, it's okay to be you. Um, if you don't understand what I'm trying to say, that's on the second one. Just keep going, right? And it's always about that. Life is about keep walking. And then the very last one will be, it's all about love, connection, and letting go. All right. Well, I'd definitely sign up to live, you know, get me a house over there. That's a, <laughs> makes sense. Good. Wonderful. Um, so Adriano, how do you, how do you see B2B or the, the principles that you, you coach others on and, um, teach others on, counsel each other, uh, others on, um, how would you see this best applied in a community setting? You know, of course it starts with the individual and, you know, there's some, you know, each one could possibly teach one or, but how could, how could this, uh, these concepts and these ideas be better, better, um, broadcasted or, better applied so that we can see the benefits of them in our local community contexts. You know, uh, you're in San Diego, you know, millions of people over there. I'm in tiny town, Texas. So, you know, that, you know, maybe, maybe it could be, it could happen faster one place or, or another, but I'm just curious on, you know, how can this really start to scale out and be applied to um, a grander number of people? So uh, what I see uh, the future be to be becoming, um, it's about education. It's about knowing. It's about understanding, right? Because we were not taught how to feel. Although we were born with this amazing capacity to feel, uh, we were shut down since we were very little. So we have to unlearn and relearn. And the principles of our model, it's, to um, decode what's the negative belief that is holding us back, process it, what happened on the notebook that I'm telling you, um, reprogram it, which is what's the value or the idea that I want to live by, and reconnect with the love that I am. It's like work on the self-esteem. It's like the love earned towards the self. And this can be taught. So anybody that's listening to this can help me spread the word because I know what to do. I'm not very good at marketing. I'm learning how to do it. <laughs> so I'm spreading. I'm, I mean, at this time, I'm this uh, solopreneur. I'm up and down, you know, doing interviews and writing and recording podcasts and, you know, going on social media and, of course, having my clients and knocking doors and opening and this is this is the way I know I can grow if this hits someone's ear that can help build a community I'm in I really believe that the more people know this and the more 
parents teach their kids how to be themselves instead of bringing my agenda of what wasn't done to me and for me. If more adults raise kids, this world could be better because a lot of parents are afraid to be themselves, right? So they teach their kids to be that, right? So it's about education and it's about, you know, hitting the right years at the right time with the right funding to do this. But it's learnable. You know, everybody can learn this. It's a process. It's a model. Um, as you were mentioning, and as it's on my website, uh, we go through a model and um, we start with a class, emotional uh, health awareness, because people don't even know that they can do something with their emotions. And then the training comes where what to do with them. And we teach not just um, verbally, but uh, experientially, because most of our wounding happened when we didn't even have words to express how we were feeling. So we use a spiral model techniques to feel into it, to extract ourselves from identifications, or to even use our bodies as um, they can show us where we stored the residual energy, which, as you were mentioning, nothing is happening right now. If we practice the exercise that we told you, that I told you, it's something stored in my subconscious that is pulling me back or dragging me down, but I can see it. It's a pattern of energy and information. So what we do at B2B, it's how to access those patterns of energy and change them so that can serve you instead of, you can still remember your story. And this is an anecdote of one of my vet's um, clients that he told me, he's like, well, if you heal me, and I'm like, first of all, I'm not going to heal you, but you're going to learn techniques where you can heal yourself. But he said, if you heal, if I heal, then the VA is not going to give me, you know, all the money that I get from being, um, you know, uh, my, how do you call those? I just forgot the word, but it, it's like to get my, the benefits, right? Benefit, yeah. And I'm like, you can still make someone cry with your story. That doesn't mean you live in it. You will still remember all those facts and all those, you know, the things that you learn from them. But if you solve the patterns of energy and information that hold you back, you can still make someone cry with your story, but you don't have to cry with it, right? You don't have to live in it. So this this is very powerful. Absolutely. Um, one example that I've heard or illustration is that, you know, what is the intention of a rainstorm? And it's just the the, the monitoring of feelings and, and kind of be uh, associated with meditation practices as well. And this is sort of a, a, a meditation on who I, who, myself, right, or ourselves, and uh, talking about how you know, the sky is always there and our, our, our feelings are always there. Uh, and sometimes a rainstorm will come, but that doesn't mean that we have to, that, that we are the rainstorm. Like the, like, it's not, you know, we don't have to identify ourselves with that rainstorm. We can just say, well, that, that was weather that passed, you know, that, that was, that is just something that happened. I don't have to identify myself with that problem, that event, that thing and becoming beyond that is, uh, so powerful. Um, I, I really like what you said about that. And, and, you know, I hope, you know, and Lord willing, I've got, you know, 32 more years on the planet to continue, uh, watching and, and becoming an active part of how this work could be, uh, more, a part of our lives and local communities. I think mental health, um, has become, like you had mentioned, you know, a little bit more popular and trendy and things like that. But what I have have found and, you know, and what your clients and other clients around the world have experienced is that, you know, even outside of a clinical setting, the conversations that we have when in appropriate context of, you know, being or, or just the emotional 
a wellness of a of an individual doesn't necessarily have to be clinical and so you know my hope is that you know in the america of of today where you know pharmaceutical ads and all this kind of stuff is hitting our face all the time we understand it's like it's like we're at this point where we understand that there's more that can be done out and and not to to say that people uh don't need medicines and you know an actual clinical approach we know that that is true but i believe that there's there's likely a a two-part effort that could be done because everybody needs this type of emotional work this education everybody could benefit uh from it it's just not quite in the cultural conscience to and and acceptance to the degree that people are aware that, oh, I can actually benefit and I do have these things that can actually properly be managed and I can live a life that is more fulfilling if I had the tools, the language to really start doing that work. And so I hope that, you know, over time that becomes more popular because what I'm seeing now is that, and curious on your thoughts, I guess, but uh, the... We have the we have the big pharma approach of you know let's medicate it away, and now we have this renaissance of alternative medicines or psychedelics or you know drugs that have been federally illegal for so long. Now you know that that's starting to become uh, less stigmatized. But I see it as a concern. Uh, even if I might agree with, you know, weed being legal or, or what have you, these things as tools, I see that we could actually make a shift to the polar other side instead of finding an actual balance in the middle of going, look, we, we, could, we could really shift and say we, we could commercialize the whole other end of the spectrum and, and create this whole other cascade of problematic events when we really could just start sitting and, and using language as a tool and conversations as a tool and our own presence of mind and 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 um, beingness as a tool to really get the breakthroughs that are just sitting right under our the surface of our of ourselves what do you think about that Absolutely. And I really think that this is this is why it's not popular because it takes work, right? It's a journey to self-discovery and it's painful. But as you were mentioning, um, like about the rainstorm, one of our the second or the third spiral model techniques that we use in B2B, it's um we all saw uh, Toy Story, right? The movie, like the kids movie. And if we didn't, I, what I'm referring to is this um, firewall, the, the back wall of the blue, blue sky with cumulus clouds. And, um, so if we are in our presence, which means our five senses activated, our awareness that we are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual being, and we locate ourselves in the pure awareness, which is the awareness of ourselves, we are the blue sky, right? So whenever a thought or an experience passes, we can actually use this analogy to locate them as they were clouds, right? And we can observe them for what they are. And sometimes, as you said, the rainstorm or overcast of the, you know, I could be like 15 days without seeing the sun in my life because I am depressed, right? Or I've been felt depressed. One thing that I tell people is that never tell a people that is depressed to be grateful. The range of emotions between depression and gratitude, it's immense, right? So ask them to dwell about something, to cry about something, to... Why are they sad? So that they can bump a little bit on the spiral of, you know, energy of emotions. And um, that's helpful because we don't know how to be with others' feelings. That's another thing, mm -hmm. right? If we don't know how to be with ours, we don't know how to be with others. 
So this is why, like, for example, going back to parenting, it's hard for parents to see their kids suffering. But if we know that feelings and emotions are okay and are normal, they're going to pass, right? So we don't have to dwell on the popsicle, on the, okay, it's okay for you to do whatever you want on the permissive side, because then they lose sight of boundaries. So coming back to learning how to deal with our emotional stuff it brings you to the balance where we don't go on the medication and we don't go on the psychedelics uh, pot or anything. Yes, you will feel better, but it's something from the outside and the way it's in, not out. And this is a paradigm again, because if we are, if we don't know that we're already whole, as I was explaining with the example, when they caught the umbilical cord, we're always going to look for something outside ourselves. And that is not the way we heal ourselves. The way we heal is if we go in and we notice that we are there for ourselves. We don't need an, when we are adults, we don't need another adult to come and validate us. And if we learn that, we will stop to say yes to a lot of situations, relationships, and things that are not okay to our principles and values. So when people come to my uh, practice, we go through an emotional boot camp. Right. So it's six or 12 sessions where they learn about all this stuff and and they're done. Right. They know how to do it. And if they need something, we do some laser coaching. But it's not something you depend upon. It's something you learn how to do it. And then when you when you can teach others how to do it, then you start your own community in your family of, you know, self-sustainable people emotionally that um, and this is how we grow. Right. Love it. Love it. Uh, Adriana, so, so grateful to have you on the show. I'm, I'm really, really uh, appreciative of your time. Um, I think that I think we're going to end it right there because I think that I mean, we've, we've covered a lot and um, there's so much more to go. But I, like, I think that uh, just in the interest of time, I, I think that buttons it up pretty well. Um, thank you so much. Any other you know, closing thoughts that you have? No, I'm just grateful for your job that has me here. So this is community, right? Regardless of where we are in the globe, um, this is effort of, you know, like heartfelt intentions to bring people together and to vibrate in a different frequency and to start making community from other, you know, parts of the globe, but with the intention to become better. So thank you very much. And I'm here whenever you invite me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Adriana, um, be sure to, let's see, uh, to my audience, be sure to connect with Adriana on uh, Twitter, B2B. That's uh, the number two, B2B coaching. And uh, check out her website. She has a lot of tools and resources, as you can tell. And uh, reach out to her if you uh, want to inquire any further. Um, I'll also probably tap you, Adriana, for my next newsletter and uh, have you maybe share some some wisdom there as well. So uh, to my folks. And, and Adriana, you have a newsletter yourself. Right. I do. Um, I will share it with you so that you can share it with all your audience. Okay. okay. Yes, I'll put it in the uh, show notes and everything for everyone. So thank you again. And uh, we'll see you next time.